Hi, Pastor Greg here. I'm the pastor of the Jordan Assembly of God Church in Jordan, Montana. I'm very excited to introduce a brand new series, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. Thank you so very much for being a part of this podcast and listening to this. I hope that you enjoy this series. So without further introduction, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. We are on part 16 of Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. And this one is part one of a two-parter. I love a lot of parts. Can you tell? I just, I really like going parts and part one of, you know, 3,452. But anyway, and we're going to be going through Nazarene. So in Matthew chapter 2, verse 23, it says, And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for who you are and what you do. I pray, Lord God, that we may just have a wonderful time going through your word and, and learning more about you and worshiping you. I pray, Father, that you may be with those that cannot make it here today and that you may protect them and uh, bring them back safely. In your name I pray. Amen. We are in, as I'm getting all organized here, we are in part 16. And we're going through this question. And, and then it will have a follow-up next Sunday. Uh, basically, because, um, well, after I got through with two pages, I figured that maybe I should probably just, you know, hold hold off just the teensy tad. So in our journey to go through the prophecies, we have uncovered multiple things. And one of my one of the few things here recently, we went through the infinite series and um, boundless, limitless, you cannot limit God to anything. We went through just here recently the name of God. And how that is being, you know, put back in the Bible, and how that, how that just, you know, enriches that. The name of the Messiah, and how that is, and the Hebrew name of the Godhead, Elohim, or Elohim, depending on how you want to enunciate it. We are instructed to call him Father by the Holy Spirit. So no matter which way you want to go with this, if you want to say no, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm going this way. There is one thing that I can solidly, solidly stand on and let you know that is that Jesus Himself instructed us to, when we call on His name, to call Him Father. And it is by the very Spirit of God that we are able to say Abba, Father. So when we're calling on to, when we're calling on to the Lord, when we're calling on to God. Praying and allowing that. Because what does he say? How does he instruct? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And goes on. And then later on, it is by the Spirit of God that we can call, that we are adopted. We're not, we're not servants, but we are a family. Why? Because it's the Spirit of God that witnesses to our spirit that we are children of God. We are a family there. We're now going through the prophecy that Matthew links to in Matthew chapter 2. Um, 23, and uh, that little saying that he shall be called a Nazarene. And you may be asking, why? You know, why are we doing this? Why are we kind of verifying this? Well, first off, the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 1, 
1 through 7. So in Proverbs chapter 1, 1 through 7, it says this, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. To understand a proverb and an enigma, the words of the wise and their riddles. And then it says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And that fear, that word, if you were to look up the Hebrew term for that word, means to morally revere. Well, okay. Now, morality, if you really truly want to dig into that, morality means, kind of, to put it in a more of a real term, it's the kind of thing of you're going to do the right thing whether or not somebody's looking over your shoulder or not. If you don't know anything else to do, you just do that one right thing that you know to do. Right? So to morally revere is to have that heart that does that right thing. Okay, well, here's the thing. Do we always do that right thing? The answer to that would be no, because we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So how does the character of doing the right thing, how can I morally revere the infinite God? How can I morally revere him who sits on high? How can I know instruction? How can I begin or start that? And that is that, that, that character that is developed by the Spirit of God. And by the Spirit of God, how do I get that? By accepting Jesus as my Savior and understanding that. So, so the first off is to know, to have knowledge, and the start, that's, that's a, one reason why we're doing this, is to have an understanding and to seek out and to search. And the other one is to actually go into following after Jesus as the way. In Romans chapter 10, and verse 14 through 17, it says this, How then shall they call on him? in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So the very next reasons why is to hear about Jesus. Now, another way that you can put this, another way you can put this is um, as it is translated in, uh, in some of the Jewish scriptures now. So trust comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through a word proclaimed about the Messiah. 
My faith is growing because I'm hearing the truth. Well, who is the truth? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So my trust grows, my faith in him grows as I'm hearing about the Messiah. Because Messiah is a light that shines in the darkness. And it's always, always piercing that darkness. So first to start knowledge, to be humble before God, and next my faith, my trust, comes from hearing about the Messiah. So we are learning about the Messiah. So Matthew, in describing, says he is a Nazarene. What does the prophecy say? Okay, so Matthew is referencing Isaiah 11, 1 through 2. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Now, Matthew links his prophecy with Yeshua, saying that he shall be called a Nazarene. Some interesting facts about this statement, okay? If you will go to the next slide, slide please. Nazarene in Aramaic is spelled N-T-R, enunciated nun-se-re, nuts-resh, okay? And then in Hebrew, if you go down to the next one, Nazarene in Hebrew is spelled N-Z-R, so this would be the lettering that you would have, Nazare. Okay. Now this is something that in, in English we wouldn't really quite pick up on. But um, also, the third, Nazar, or Nazare, Nazar, in Hebrew is to live a consecrated, vowed, separated life. And number four, just as a little note, in the Talmud, which is basically a, a collection of the Torah and, and rabbinical writings, they totally, completely um, look to this, to Isaiah 11, 1 and 2, as a messianic prophecy. And, and Matthew is referencing that messianic prophecy. Therefore, Matthew is using a very Jewish plan words and links the location in life with the Messiah for Matthew and uses the term Nazarene, which means resident of. So basically means a resident of Nazareth, as well as consecrated. Now, here's something very intriguing about this. NZR, in Isaiah, is interpreted as branch. That's how that is actually done. So he links the verbiage and the wording to combine the two and say that Jesus, in fulfillment of prophecy, not only is, not only is he physically located, but he's also living a fully and completely dedicated life, and he has fulfilled the prophecy that was in Isaiah 11, 1 and 2. So when he said it, they knew exactly what he was talking about because he was using the same term, the same form, and the same wording and this is very, very like in Jewish writings of how to actually do it. You can move on to the next one if you'd like. So, something that is very intriguing, the modern form of Christian in Hebrew is followers, means followers of the man from Nazar, or Nazareth, or Nazrate, 
for we are followers as well as a followers of the person or the man from Nazarene. That root, that branch. We are followers of the consecrated, vowed, separated life of Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. So, in Hebrews 5, 1 through 11, vowed and consecrated life well how do we how do we know that and where that where is that in scripture how is that actually stated in scripture and in hebrews 5 1 through 11 it says this For every high priest taken from among men in a point is appointed for men and things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can have compassion on those who are ignorant and going astray, since he himself is also subject to weakness. Because of this, he is required as for the people, so also for himself, to offer sacrifices for sins. And no man takes this honor to himself, but he who is called by God, just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was he who said to him, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. As he also says in another place, You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and terror and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him, called by God as, as high priest according to the order of Melchizedek, of whom... We have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. So we are followers of the Messiah. And being followers means that we learn how to live and act as the Messiah acted. Well, how does he act? He didn't put himself on high, though yet he was called the son. He didn't put himself in an area of leadership, but he was put in a place of leadership. And because of that, he learned, and even though he said, you know, Father, take this cup away from me, and but yet he submitted to that leadership all the way up till death, the character of Christ. Morally reverent, in faith hearing, in faith following, in faith living the life that can only come from the Word. Well, who's the Word? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Later on in that chapter, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So our relationship as we walk this path, as we go down this road of following after, when what Matthew was literally basically saying, Jesus is confirmed as the Christ, the Messiah, not just simply because he came from Nazareth, but he also fulfilled the prophecy from Isaiah as being that offshoot, as being that branch, and that he was also living a vowed and consecrated life because those people are called to, they are not, 
They, they don't choose it. They do not choose it. You have been called to a life with Christ. You have been called to walk a consecrated life. You have been called to be a set apart. You have been called to be something different. Isn't it the fact that it is not I who live, but Christ who lives in me? Does not the scriptures say that he makes a that I am a new creation? Old things have gone away, behold all things become new. Is it not a very big habit of mine when I'm dealing with something very hard and I really truly want to react in a way that I know I really shouldn't but I want to so I use the excuse I'm only human? Oh, I can do that because I'm only human. Have I done things? Yes, I have. Have I had to ask for forgiveness for them? Yes, I have. Why? What is it that makes that wrong? It's because it doesn't match the character of Jesus. It doesn't match the character that is within me. It doesn't match the character of the Spirit of God. Matthew was saying that the Messiah that is there, that we're following, is a fulfillment of The real question comes down, if you're a Hebrew person and you agreed that Christ was the Messiah, you had no choice but to understand that that was where my redemption comes from. We as Gentiles may not have that link, but I'm going to say this. If you agree that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, if you agree that he is your salvation, if you agree that he has redeemed you, if you agree that he has saved you from your sins, then the choice is this. Do you choose to have a life that follows after him? Or do you choose to ignore the changes that he does? And the strange thing is that there's a lot of people who like the sound of calling themselves Christian, but the reality of following after, not so much. Because we follow after. A lot of people are like, well, I'm following this person. You know what? When I'm following a person, I watch their podcasts. I look at what they do. I listen to what they say. I find agreements in that. Right? This person I really go to, you've heard me quote Oswald Chambers a lot. Why do I quote Oswald Chambers? Because I really like his writings. So there's a lot of things that I follow after. He has some really hard-hitting... Do, do I agree with everything he says? No. But here's the thing. With the Messiah and with eternity, it's not about... It, it, it's about not just agreeing, but it's also about the fact of, am I willing to have my life change? When you're following somebody, doesn't that kind of change your life? Doesn't what you do change your outlook? The people that you are around does not does not, not affect your attitude towards the people you are around. 
if the people you hang out with show reverence and respect for one another, then guess what? You're probably going to show reverence and respect for other people. If the people that you are hanging around do not show reverence and respect for one another, you more likely will find yourself not showing reverence and respect for others. Jesus is saying, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, neither can you unless you abide in me. There's a very important thing in this. It's not the fruit that you're producing. It's the fruit that's being produced. And I say that again. It's not the fruit that you're producing, but it's the fruit that's being produced in you. It's called the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of Greg. So the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the meekness, the mercy, the self-control, the perseverance, or long-suffering. You are called to be consecrated, set-apart followers of Christ. Why? Christ chose and just as Christ chose, the question is, do you choose? Oh, Greg, I'm not always loving. But with the character of Christ, do you really have the excuse of I'm only human? Why is it wrong? Why do I have to apologize? Is because I allowed myself to speak instead of allowing the character of Christ to speak. So follow after him. Next week we are going to be going through, in part two of this, your reasonable service. And this is going to lead right into this. So let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for who you are and what you do. I want to thank you for everything you do in our hearts and our minds. And I pray, Father, that we may just have a wonderful time for the rest of this week and today. And I pray, Father, that you may bring us back here safely. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and taking the time. I hope that you enjoyed this series. If you would like to follow this podcast as well as other podcasts, you may go to agjordanmt.com. I hope you have a wonderful day.